When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Welcome everybody to Blood and Mud, the podcast that um, has decided to work towards being financially independent with only a a massive inheritance from my great, my late royal grandmother's estate to uh, to tide me over, but I'm hoping it'll work out okay for me. I am Lee, and because Josh Gardner is a part-timer, I'm delighted to welcome guest and co-host, the man you know as Squidge, but the man I call Robbie because I've got a T-shirt from the tour when he played small venues. So. <laughs> when I was playing your venue, when I was playing your venue before anyone cared. <laughs> yeah, so hello, you, Robbie. Great Hello. to have you on here. You can, every time you come on, it's been like every six months since the last time and more wonderful things have happened in your life. So it's all been going Apparently very well so. for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm still catching up with it as well. I'm not sure what's going on around me. I'm just being vaguely thankful. So, yeah, thank you for having me. No, great. So you've had, you've had obviously a very good World Cup. You got invited yeah. to World Rugby Television to hang around with glamorous South African presenters. <laughs> yep, to beat them at General Lima Rugby. Yes, yeah. yes, um, standard. I was told I am far, far better than John Kerwin at John uh, General Lima Rugby. So that was good. That's a good I would thing take to that write about you because you don't yeah. want to go to any further competition with him. Exactly. No, if it was actual rugby or <laughs> anything else in the world, yes. less so. But at one video game, I played a handful of times on PS One. I'll take that. Yeah. Paul Williams is apparently the world master champion at uh, John Lomi Rugby. Forever. So thought... he, he's forever offering people out if you're on John <laughs> Lomi Rugby in, in that way. I've, I've got a kind of project I want to do about this. And it's like the, the 2011 Rugby World Cup game that me and my brother still play every time I go back to my mum's. 
and I reckon genuinely the two of us are probably in the top five in the world at that. And I feel like I could beat anyone. That's because only nine people played it and enjoyed it. I think that's a fun. <laughs> exactly. I got yeah. I got sent a um, copy of that to test, oh, yeah. and it was yeah. I was like, this is rubbish. It, it kind of is until you. And there's only two licensed teams out. on there. There's only two licensed teams, and so like England have got their players, and then everybody else yeah. is called like John Johnson and things like that. And that's it because they're not even. Some games do an equivalent, so it's David Cartwright instead of Dan Carter. But with, <laughs> with there, they're just completely made up. And so we went through and we meticulously edited all the squads so that the the man with dreadlocks in the New Zealand team became Mar Nonu, and we've kept them up to date since because we're we have tragic lives um and we've got kind of gentleman's agreements for every glitch in the game of like if you say this this means this glitch is triggered and we won't play on this it and it's taken us years but we've made the game playable by ourselves through just sheer work and graft i mean and that's really what games are all about isn't it let's be honest you don't want to just take them out of the box and play them and enjoy it you gotta (laughs) make your own fun yeah exactly yeah so thank you for joining and you've got scrum five going on youtube yeah. channel goes you know you're everyone who listens to this knows who you are so i won't say but you're well how do people get in touch with you because i've got to do that bit oh uh yeah it's at squid rugby or at squid you go on twitter if you want my ramblings about brexit and films mostly um whereas yeah then squid rugby for actual rugby stuff and squid rugby on youtube i am lee and i am on at blood and mud on the twitter or lee at blood if you want to email me my dms are open all that kind of stuff we are available on ACAS and iTunes and all those places, but mostly we're available at patreon.com slash blood and mud for all those people who offer us a little bit of extra support. And we are forever, forever thankful and forever, forever mystified, to be honest, at how well it's gone. <laughs> so um, imagine like you are with your YouTube channel, not because you don't deserve it to go oh. well, but I imagine you're forever mystified by it. Massively, massively, yeah. I'm, And I forget as well they're real people. So every now and again I run into someone. And like, I actually I ran into a listener of, this this very podcast who patreon called niall over the weekend in dublin uh who was lovely and wanted me to give him a shout out i've done that very neatly there um but yeah no a man of impeccable taste i think is niall i agree i agree um and it's always surreal to then go oh you're a real person you're not a number because i've just about (laughs) come to accept that this many people like it yes but you think oh no you're a human being that's the surreal bit for me and of course your i think your world cup final video has got like over half a million views now and the actual high official highlights of the world cup final are something like about forty thousand views or something <laughs> wow yeah okay. yeah it's fine i find that quite amusing i know and interesting was... actually so what people want to consume on yeah. youtube yeah it was the fifth most watched video in south africa that week on Wow-y. youtube which is surreal and like i was interviewed in an afrikaans newspaper uh which he then sent me a copy of and i didn't have the heart to say i just i can't speak afrikaans i was gonna say how is your afrikaans so, yeah not very good I recognise a bit where they said my name and that's about it. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, those of you who do give us that extra support, we do, we, we, we adore you in a very real way, but the people we adore, especially the people who we invite mm-hmm. into the VIP lounge, you take up the invitation. It's not necessarily an invitation, because we invite you to give us some more money. And the people that do, we love you. And the ones we've had since the last time is Samuel Grant to sign up for the VIP lounge. You know, and John Hegren, who has actually mm-hmm. given us over and above the minimum amount. Wow. Voluntarily. Just, just because he likes it. Just yeah, good I mean, man. you know, I good man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. I've said this before. I don't use the word hero <laughs> too much, but these people are. Let's be honest. Yeah. So thank you very much. Anybody, if anybody wants to get involved in that, it's Patreon.com/slash/bloodandmud. There's now, I think, upwards of about twenty odd extra episodes on there, which are about rugby history. There's interviews, one of which is with you, good self, mm. about how you got to where you got to, and also we've got the 
World Cup retrospectives, which are my favourite ones to do, actually. Looking yeah, back over World Cups, have a chat about them. I like them. Right then, so let's crack on with the news, shall we? The news that we have this week. First of all, James Hook is retiring, Robbie. Now, an Ospreys man like yourself must have you know, yeah. a few things to say about this. Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts and opinions on James Hook, and apparently he's had some on me as well, which is fine. Um, Has he really? I, yeah. Oh, there's a there's a whole anecdote here, but um, oh. <laughs> I yeah. But James Hook was one of my first favorite players. He was yes. one of the first players I really latched onto when I was you know. And as like you should, because 30. as a kid watching rugby, James Hook's the kind of player that you should be interested in, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Like he was a player I just I loved watching him because it was during that weird period where he was an 100% goal kicker as well, mm. uh, which we all forget happened. But that was that was him as well. And he was fantastic. Um, and it was a shame to see him to slide to a point in which he became a joke for me, because for such a long time, he meant a lot to me. And I I really loved watching him play. Um and so, in some ways, it's a shame to see him go. In others, as a current Ospreys fan, it's a relief. <laughs> yeah, so he's off to right. Well, if you'd have given me, I don't know, 500 goes at guessing what James Hook is going to do next, <laughs> mm. I would not have got the one about writing children's books. But before yeah. we get into that, Tom Dare... Uh, he, he put this in for good, but I'll, I'll share it here because I think it sums up what a lot of people think. He says, "Good is James Hook, one of the most ridiculously naturally talented players the game's had this century and even manages to retire with a bit of class and grace. If mm. he thinks that this will stop people arguing over his best position, though, he's sorely disappointed. Bracket, it's still 12. Close bracket. <laughs> yes, I don't disagree there, Tom. But yeah, I think that kind of sums it up. So the children's, the, the, the children's author thing, where's this come from? Yeah, it sort of came out it was one of these things that wasn't announced. There was suddenly a listing someone on Twitter spotted like a month or so ago for James Hook's writing a children's book. Um, and apparently it's come from, he went to a book fair with his son, Harrison, uh, and his son wanted a rugby book and they had football books and they had tennis books and they had whatever, but they didn't have any rugby books. So he went, well, I'll write one because that's what I was born. I, James Hook, international 10, 12, 15, 13, was born to do. And now James Hook has a children's book being published in a couple of months' time, What's... and I'm very eager to read it. Do we know what it is? It's just, is it about... Yeah. Is it's it kind of like a, a Roy the Rovers, but Welsh <laughs> and with, written by James Hook? I hope so. It's called, like, My Rugby Life or something. Um, I am going to... I mean, that's not a promising start, I'll be honest, for a children's book. My Rugby Life. Pull it's, in, it's does your it? interview series. It's yeah, not exactly it's, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Potter. is it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I've had some ideas as well for books he could write. The book he is writing, though, is not listed in the first two articles I've clicked through, and I began saying this sentence already. Um, <laughs> okay, You're right into the hoping... swing of the podcast, though. I do like that. So <laughs> Exactly. I'm filling the Josh role here of Googling something. There it is. Chasing a rugby dream, colon kickoff set for release this spring i'm i'm excited and i will read it at least twice yes absolutely in fact you should probably dramatize it on your channel i should i will buy the i will option the you rights can play all the parts <laughs> you can buy oh, a wardrobe wait. and a wig all that stuff i wonder We're onto something here i wonder how much the rights to make a feature film adaptation would be <laughs> because i could do that 
I'd be up for that. I'd be up for doing that. So is it about his? Is it? Is it about his life? We don't know, do we? We'll have to find it's out. It's about, I think, like a young kid who wants to go on to play rugby for Wales, presumably, and is focused on that, and hence why he's chasing dreams, and he's being da-da-da-da-da. Um, it did get me thinking, though, hmm. of some potential books that James Hook could write for children. Um, and so I've got some suggestions, Shoot. if you don't mind. Yes. So uh, there's, there's, there's one I thought he could... Right, which would be the Leicester Tiger who came to tea, comma, finally presenting an opposition the Ospreys might stand a chance against, um, in which Ben Youngs is the only Tigers player to turn up for a game in Swansea, and he opts to play entirely on his own against a 50-man Ospreys team, uh, and the Ospreys still lose despite a last-minute interception against Ben Youngs. Uh... <laughs> Very topical. <laughs> it's just, you know, he, he keeps throwing passes into touch like in the World Cup final. Um, and that's how he somehow gets away with it. Um, another one I thought of was Charlotte's Web with a double B, if you see what I did ah, there. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In which his mate Reese runs off with his mate Gavin's ex-missus, and it causes every journalist at the Western Mail to just spontaneously combust with excitement. <laughs> uh, they're two favorite subjects finally together. Yes. Um, I thought we could have... Uh, this one's just a title, but The Very Hungry Tamafina, um, which doesn't work as well now I say it out loud, but it worked in my head. Uh, Paul James and the Giant Peach. Before you um, move on for Tamafina, I was watching Ben Tamafina the weekend, right? Yes. And I became absolutely fascinated by the fact that I've never seen a man with that mm. much uh, furniture <laughs> who has absolutely no arse. Yes. Yeah. Next time you is... have a look at him, he has got absolutely. Is that? It's like he's been put on an industrial press, and his arse has been ironed out of existence. And yet, he is obviously a curvy gentleman in every other aspect, but no backside. Can't even fill a pair of rugby shorts. Because <laughs> that's kind he's the of anti-Dave Denton, if you will, not anti-Dave <laughs> Denton. That's the kind of remarkable thing about Ben Tamafina is that. I've never seen a man that big who looks like that's the shape he's supposed to be, but he does. Yes. You know, most of them look like they're carrying more weight than they should, but Tamafina is not. He is supposed to be that size. Well, he probably is, but he still looks all right on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he basically qualifies as a fifth Pacific nation. He's big, but he's supposed to be that size, and it's weird, and that's probably why every team loves him. He just him moves from top-level club to top level club collecting yeah. vast pay packets and i've got a yeah. lot of time for that yeah 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 absolutely and you know what they're signing him for yes um paul james and the giant peach he left us at paul james and the giant peach yeah uh there's not the wind in the willows but the wind and the otherwise kickable penalty uh which is a topic that james hook knows a lot about uh i had an idea for one called the griffalo which has slightly more detail um in which scotland legend Ian mclaughlin his mighty mouse goes for a walk through the deep dark woods and he comes across whilst he's there Wales center jonathan davis the fox the fox yes. uh former all blacks center conrad smith who's the snake and the ontario women's championship which is known as the owl or owl uh which is a bit of a stretch i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, put, i'm gonna put a stop to this now <laughs> i've decided that, that is... this much stop Right, you don't get onto. He begins to make up stories of a former Osprey's attack coach 
the slightly highly pitched gr- Griffolo, like Griff Reese. Um, yeah, this yeah. has gone too far now. It goes moving into on. the joke becomes about because the mouse pretends at the end it's like a dummy, which Hook used to pretend dummies. It, it's great. There's a lot of detail to it, and it requires a reasonably in-depth knowledge of the Griffolo. Um, very yes. the hole holes, which is about the Osprey's defense. Uh, no changes needed there. Uh, Stuart little sense in hiring him, in which Hook shows surprising contempt for Bath's decision to promote from Finn. Uh, the lie in the pitch in the wardrobe, in which Hook goes on Dragon's Den because um, <laughs> he's invented uh, he's invented the new kind of multi-purpose wardrobe, uh, but none of the dragons can agree whether it's best suited for shirts, shirts, coats, socks, whatever, and so it's discarded despite it being a really good wardrobe, but it's too versatile for its own good. Um, and he promotes within. That was where I decided to stop it there. Uh, I showed more patience than I really should have. Yes. A little window into uh, Robbie's mind there, everybody. <laughs> that he just he, he, he just opens up his mind, and all of this comes tumbling out. <laughs> nice. And then he strips it down for the edit. Um, yeah, yeah. I probably should have stripped this down before reading. <laughs> right then, what we've got here? Other news: Gloucester have basically this week given Louis Louis Rees Zamet. Well, I imagine they've probably given him whatever the fuck he asked for. Yeah. I expect. <laughs> he probably a bit like Marcus Smith at Quinns a couple of years ago. Probably just walked in and go, "I want that. I want that. I want that. I want cream eggs." You know, and he I, is so young; he's probably asking for a Kinder surprise, isn't oh, he? Oh, massively. He has probably yeah. got a like very pink face who doesn't look like he's even shaven yet. Yeah. He's staggeringly <laughs> young. It is amazing. I know I don't like to do a compare thing, but it is. He's he's very George North esque at eighteen, not because of his size, mm. but if you remember when George North could like offload and everything, yeah. he looked like a complete yeah. rugby player. And then it obviously he had his concussion problems and a few injuries, but he seems to have forgotten how to be a rugby player, George. Like, which sounds like a ridiculous thing to say because obviously he's an international winger. Yeah. But if you follow me, the because they're talking about playing him at thirteen again this year, this week, aren't they? Which mm. will never not be a fucking appalling idea. But no. um, it, obviously, it just smacks of how desperate Wales are, but. He does have that all-court sort of game about him, Reece Zammett, doesn't he? Which which North did have. Yeah, but he's got an all-court game in, as you saw, like the Willie Hines try, in yeah. a wingery kind of way. Like, he's not... I really hope Norm messes him about and tries moving him to full-back or to 13 yeah. because he looks like a winger and he looks like a very good and complete winger and there is a huge role for that and some players are that rather than being... And there's nothing wrong with just that's being right. a winger. That's, exactly, people always like yeah. talk about it, there's something slightly wrong with you if you're a winger yeah. for your whole career or something, which is, or if you if you've got more hands, if you've got more hands than a winger should have, you shouldn't play there or something. Yeah. It's a really strange sort of mentality, and isn't it's it? Like, it's a properly specialized position, and too many people don't appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. It's like people say Tibbet should play centre because he somehow looks like he's too good to be a forward. It's like, <laughs> exactly. what? no. What is wrong no, with you? No, 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 no. He's got a thing he's good at. Let him do that thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so we signed a new senior contract for, I suppose, the two years until he... Because if he signs that now, he can have this full contract until, obviously, he's got to move to Wales in yeah. two or three years' time, hasn't he? So By which time they will have changed the rules and he'll be able to stay, or he may well win 60 caps the rate player welfare is going. And I'm sure that he's on... Well, he's just signed a senior contract, so before that, I'm, I'm guessing he must have been on, like, a modern apprenticeship or something. <laughs> Like sixty yeah. pound a week, oh, like yeah. But we hope to give you enough skills Some so you can get a job at the end of it, sort of thing, you know. He's doing two days in college and two days in training. <laughs> he's got yeah, he's got a college coordinator coming in two days to watch how yeah. he runs to see how his workplace assessment. Yeah, 
What else have we got here then? Mark Jones is he of X, speaking of wingers, X Wales winger, X RGC coach. Where is he? I can't remember where he is now, but he's off to the Crusaders anyway. Yeah, he's at RGC at the moment. Is he still um, at RGC? I thought he moved yeah. on from RGC. Or he might have. He might be. No, last I heard, he was at RGC because he had stints yeah, with Wales, stint with there, yeah. Scarlets, um, and he would, you know, consistently did a really good job because he was one of those guys when he was a player as well. He was consistently better than anyone gave him credit for. Yeah, he was quietly player. always very good, Mark Jones. Yeah, and also scored the greatest non-try. Yes, or didn't score oh, the greatest oh. non-try of all. One of the greatest inches out, of all inches from a poor try that would forever be on DVDs and now YouTube compilations, <laughs> yes. whatever, forever. And instead, he's now going to be best known for being the, the Crusaders, like us of all New Zealand teams, coming over and stealing Welsh coaches constantly. Brad Moore, Warren Gatland, seeing all his coaches from Wales. But he's obviously very highly rated, um, yeah. so we'll see what happens there. Speaking of coaches, uh, news-wise, Matt Proudfoot, mm. the architect of the England splintering machine, <laughs> or the machine that splintered England in the in the World Cup, is well, splintered everything, is coming to yeah. England to be their forwards coach because that's what England do. Yeah. They've looked how about much... it and said, how can we solve this? We will buy the thing that that destroyed us. <laughs> we will buy Franz Malherber and just hope for the best. <laughs> just hope the eligibility laws change as well. So, and, go on. No, it's just, it's a, I mean, I can only imagine how much money he's on, but it's a really interesting move for him as well. You know, you know a lot of money's changed hands, but that's a, you felt like this was the beginning of a potential South African dynasty and all that for the next mm. few years of them, especially leading to the Lions tour looking reasonably dominant, or at least, you know, there or thereabouts. And does this now change things? Does this change how South Africa prepare for the next four years? If, obviously, Razzy Rasmus is moving upstairs, mm. he's only going to be director of rugby rather than head coach, and now Proudfoot's gone. I don't know. It, it, it changes things both for England in terms of they've now got this lad who clearly does a really good job and for South Africa. Yes, I, I do like that he said that England is the best team in the world to coach, which translates as they gave me the best bag of money I've ever seen in my life, obviously. On the, the bag was great as well as the money. Yeah, on the quiet, Simon Amor's joined as well, mm. um, who I think got approximately 1,700 England sevens caps, <laughs> yeah. 27 caps behind Ben Gollings. Um, yeah. So that's quite interesting as well. But the most interesting thing is that Steve Borthwick has been mm. moved from his job into the skills coach job. Yeah. Mm, riddle me so, this. <laughs> yeah. because, because that's the same job that Neil Jenkins is doing for Wales. So right. who saw that come? Who saw those two and thought, naturally, same coaching position, skills coach? I suppose it just shows how broad it is and how broad the modern game is that all positions are roughly the same neil jenkins always wears that beanie hat doesn't he and always yes. looks like a builder who's just come <laughs> yeah. around your house to give you a quote because his his kind of cagoule's kind of ill-fitting and the and the track the sportswear doesn't make him look sporty does it it makes him look no. like, a, like a builder yeah like he's hanging about there just on the corner slightly too long <laughs> yes and he always when he brings the tea on looks like he wants to kick it himself you can see him kind of yeah. eyeing it up in the background yeah, yeah fuming at the idea that the way people do things is not right but anyway so he's a skills coach now steve borthwick hmm. so how's his sessions going to go session one gaslighting interviewers <laughs> teaching them how to tell interviewers that what they've just seen was not what they've just seen and that everything was fine and it wasn't a poor performance Session two, application of nose bridge plasters. 
Yeah, vital, vital. Se- session three, getting the r- exactly the right kind of ill-fitting chino. <laughs> session, f- session four, the- Microsoft Excel for forwards. That's that's crucial. It's an underrated skill, I think. For, it is. Before forwards, yeah. And he loves a spreadsheet. Think, he loves a spreadsheet. Yeah. And life beyond rugby, you've got to know how to format them. You know, you format. If you can't do an auto sum, merchant center, you? exactly. Auto. You went for a far more complicated bit of Excel than I did. <laughs> I actually don't use merging center. I see it pointless. I see it as pointless, and it confuses when you try and do a pivot table. I would just do it with 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 the heading. I would just <laughs> the top bit. Merging center and everything else goes in I'm there. I'm going to get lots of emails out of Excel oh. people going, it doesn't affect the pivot table at all, Lee. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. So there you go. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, I imagine in this first week or so, Matt Proudfoot's going to go, yeah, I'm going to do my best here, but you know that you are you don't have two front fives like I've just worked with, okay? Exactly. He's like, no, 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 no. These aren't nasty enough. This is just... I see Courtney well, Laws. That's fine. I need seven more of them. Yes. <laughs> Get rid of these lads and bring the other killer front five on. I haven't got one of them. What do you mean you haven't got one? I stipulated this, like... in my pre-contract that you had to have te- <laughs> you had to have five terrifying international class front fives for me to work with. Two of these second rows are only six foot nine. What do you expect me to do with them? <laughs> I gave one of them a live dog to eat, and he didn't know what to do with me with do with it. <laughs> He tried to kill it first. That's not how we put it back home. So, yeah, so, well, as an England fan, mm. it can only be mm. good news. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, that pack turned everything in its wake to powder. Yes. So if he, if he can bring that to England, great. Yeah. And he is kind of, he's the guy you point to. If you're asked who is the best forwards coach in the world, at the moment you say Matt Proudfoot. Mm. So signing that guy is always going to be a good move. Finally, from a news point of view, what does rugby need more of, Robbie? Uh, Stuart Barnes. Yes, but what else does it also need more of? Laws. Oh, yes. There's not a day goes by that we don't wake up, do we, and think, I hope there's some more laws today (laughs) because that is what rugby needs. Um, Well, we've got them. The world, whatever they call the decision-making body that does things with laws, as uh, not Courtney, the actual laws of the game. (laughs) <laughs> rugby does need more laws have we just established Matt Pro- Proudfoot definitely wants more just laws seven Courtney Laws just stick them in a cloning machine yes Courtney Laws who is a, a right wing person on Twitter yeah. I'm going to go into your oh, little spat with him yeah, but, uh, but yeah, yeah that was a that was consistently a, a you know a, a, a drag yourself out of bootstraps conservatives type man yeah I don't know yeah, what I expected him to be to be honest but I, did, I, I don't know I, don't no. honest, I didn't expect I him be... to be a sort of diff, a sort of Andy Goode miniature. I never expected that. I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. God knows why. But uh... I was equally surprised, though, to learn that Toje is vote Labour. You know, he was constantly I've liking Labour that. tweets. I've missed yeah. that. He's he still young, though, isn't he? Anything himself. Still young. Yeah, that's it. That's probably it. But yeah, he yeah he was just liking tweets about Labour all the time, which surprised me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but yes, anyway, that's Sorry, it. Sidetrack. Yeah, I don't want to go down that mm. road. Definitely not. But uh, so more laws coming. So. The head high, dangerous tackle height yeah. warning is coming in, which they tried in the under-20s World Cup last year, was it? Yeah. And which they said reduced concussions by 50% or something. So they're giving that a go in some, is it a super rugby competition? Yeah, it's, yeah, they're, they're running it in a few competitions next year. Yeah. So see how that year. goes? Oh, yeah. So the other thing, we've done the head contact thing to death. 
We yeah. all accept that it's a good thing generally to try and reduce yeah. it. We'll see how the trial goes, and I'm not going to go hysterical about it one way or the other right now. They're also bringing in the idea of a 50-22 kick, which is very similar to the 40-20 that's been in rugby league for a long yeah. time. Um, if the team in possession kicks the ball from inside their own half, indirectly into touch, we ask to bounce and then go into touch in their opponent's 22 from inside their... Or from inside their own 22 into their opponent's half. So actually, yeah, okay, so it works both ways. Mm. They will throw into the resultant line-out. So they'll get the possession. Wh- What's this all about which then? I... The idea, the theory is that it will encourage teams to put more people in the backfield because at the moment most teams play with one at most two players behind the line. It's normally just a fullback and a winger who covers a little bit. Um, And therefore there'll be more space in the main attacking line if teams are incentivized to cover space behind. Uh, Because at the moment if they leave it for a line-out to go out, they still have the ball. Um, I don't think this will necessarily work. And I don't like it as an idea. I don't think rugby needs more overcomplicated things you've got to explain mm. in detail to someone you're who's you know casually watching and just about understands that you can tackle people below the shoulders. And you can't pass forward. <laughs> exactly. Although that's probably yeah. confusing watching rugby now, especially passes in midfield. People yeah. said you couldn't pass forward. Well, you can't, but nobody seems to yeah. give a fuck anymore in the middle <laughs> strip of the field. So, yeah, so it'd be interesting. To see, um, yeah, if you think about a rugby league defends what the wingers tend to do in league is mm. they tend to drop in the in the set six they yeah. tend to drop back and they only start to move up as the ball moves towards their channel yeah so what you tend to find is that they're back until they feel they have to move up yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if it's something like that starts to happen in the trials so you can yeah. actually get around it with a little bit of coaching um but we'll see but then does that create more space but I'm not sure it does because they'll just cover the inside and expect the winger to be up when the ball goes beyond the 12 channel. Exactly. And I feel defence coaches are so good, they'll work out way around it inside 18 months, if not far sooner. Yes. Um, But anything's worth a trial. It's a trial, isn't it? That's so anything's worth a trial. I just, I I don't, that's the one law here that I really don't like and I don't think we need. Uh, But, you know, maybe that's that's my opinion. Maybe it'll work and it'll be incredible. I want things, Um, I just want some. Can they not just come out and just say nobody's allowed to box kick anymore, ever? Maybe that's a, that, that would be a better use of laws. Automatic red card. Impractical, schmimpractical. That's what I say. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fully in the Mark Ring school of lawmaking. Just, <laughs> you just invent just... mad shit and ask people to implement yeah. it. <laughs> no, they'll just do the caterpillar and then the scrum off will sit there looking confused, trying to remember what <laughs> did before this. Yeah. Then so... start walking up the field like a, like a mole. Yeah, <laughs> I interviewed Dean Ryan um, a few weeks ago, a few oh. months ago. Uh, yeah, I was invited to the Pro Party Media Day, which is where the whole James Hawk thing happened. Um, right. But which I'll keep teasing. But um, <laughs> and I pitched the D- Dean Ryan an idea I had pretty much on the spot, which was to do the caterpillar thing, which had come up in the conversation. Hmm. But then for the scrum off to go for a box kick, no, a drop goal from there, because there's no way someone's charging it down. And he said, "I'm not doing that. I don't like that idea." But (laughs) Um, now, please get out of my sight. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Some guy called Splodge came up and gave me some fucking (laughs) terrible idea for it. Yeah. Right. Not remember me. Yeah. Moving on, we've so the fifty twenty two kick. We don't like that much. Moving on, the introduction of an infringement penalty and free kick limit for teams. So an infringement limit for teams. If you give a lot of penalties and free kicks, there'll be a limit on it. 
And once a team has reached the limit, a mandatory yellow card is given to the last offending player as a team sanction. It doesn't say how many. I'm no. sure that's in the details somewhere, or maybe that'll be part oh, of the trial. Because there's technically meant to be one now, isn't there? Yeah. And refs say also... it, then ignore it. That's always my most favourite stroke, most fucking teeth-shatteringly awful thing when I watch it. When they say, one more, and that's it. They're like, fucking hell. Then they just don't do it again. Anyway. Yeah. So will it be five? Will it be three? Will it depend on the that's... severity of the infringement? Are you just going to create more fucking problems here? Exactly. And like, imagine at a lower level, if you're saying after 20 penalties, you automatically give it away. And the referee then, on top of all the things they're having to keep track of, which is, you know, billions of things when they don't have proper uh, touch judge and everything down the sideline and they're following everything, they're then expected to keep count of how many penalties are given to either side over the full game, which mm. becomes ridiculous. And no one's remembering that. No one's writing that down. No one's no one's keeping track. Like, it's okay international level where you've got a TMO to track it or you've got stats people or whatever. But you can't do that at any level lower. And it's so arbitrary and weird that it could be that someone has a try disallowed for a double movement and gets binned for it. Or... Yeah. I mean, I think the game's only going to be able to be refereed by sort of like the deep blue chess computer soon. <laughs> exactly, if, this, yeah. if this continues. You know, there is, there is something about respecting the kind of beauty of the game and the way it is. Mm. Um, finally, there'll be the awarding of a goal line dropout to the defending team when an attacking player who brings the ball into in goal is held up. So instead of it being a scrum five being held up, it will be a dropout from under the post, again, a la Rugby League. Yeah. And that is, that's often the way, isn't it? They just, they look at Rugby League, they go, what have they done? Does yeah. it work? Sort off. We'll that's a much a better game. Let's take some stuff from there. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yes, I, I jest, you everyone. Background, I jest, but... I jest. <laughs> Sometimes I can't help that coming out of me. I do apologise. <laughs> um but yeah i again it's an interesting idea but i don't it's one of these it ain't broke do we have to try and fix it and rugby league exists on its own you know a lot of these things work in league and i sometimes just wonder it feels like it becomes a question about what is it you're trying to reward doesn't it yeah are you trying to reward the fact that a team has got up over the line and then somehow was held up. But yeah. they got there because that's the aim of the game. So you should be rewarded by being allowed to stay there with possession. Mm. Or do you reward somebody who performs some kind of miracle of getting their hand under the ball? I mean, honestly, a lot of held up isn't that anyway. A lot of held up is there's that many fucking bodies. The ball just can't get down. Yeah. There's the occasional absolute miracle tackle, which you see and go, fucking hell, that's incredible that he's got his hand under there. Or, yeah. you know, but generally speaking, it's just a massive phalanx of bodies falling over isn't it and that's kind exactly. of and that's what it is i and think does it then encourage teams to when they're five meters out let the opposition drive them over the line then they collapse it then they'll win the ball back unintended consequences it. there is that but it's also a very yeah. basic thing i mean everyone accepts now that attacking in rugby has probably never been more difficult yeah it's never been more yeah. difficult defensive strategies are what they are now it's really hard to attack without going back to rugby league Without the distance of the 10 metres that Rugby League gives you, it's even more difficult in Rugby Union because the defence is mm. on you immediately. And it's great to see the kind of stuff they are doing to try and get around that. But I think, generally speaking, you should be rewarded for getting your arse down there and getting over the line. Yeah. It should be yeah, because, yeah. actually, it's a really fucking... Di the most difficult thing to do in any sport is score, apart yes. from basketball. But, yeah. apart, but you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's the most difficult thing to do is score or get near to scoring. So actually, yeah. I think that should be something that, that the law should, the spirit of the law should reward that. But at the same time, there's a lot of the laws, like the 50-20 and so on, um, 
that are that seem to think that the only interesting or exciting bit about rugby or the change being proposed proposed that the only thing exciting about rugby is tries and seeing tries scored and it's not you know like watching a game that is 12 15 at you know international level where both teams are really throwing That's everything exciting at it. for it us be really it's, exciting it's, it's not yeah. us we're talking to here exactly what's yeah. interesting if you look at rugby yeah. league there's hardly any 40 20 kicks yeah. i mean rugby league is slightly different yeah. because your possession your possession's more assured in some ways so mm. you don't t- they don't happen very often so, i mean they are quite notable when they happen but they don't happen that often yeah but so, it was whenever i put league on there'd always be one and i wouldn't get it <laughs> and it would then be i then wait until a few months later when i was next watching rugby league to try and work out what was happening when yes. that until i eventually googled it yeah but yeah, so I'm yeah. Not, it's one of those, if the reason they're trying to, to go back to the 50-22, because I think we've said about mm. the dropout thing, if what they're trying to achieve is to create more attacking space, I don't think that will happen. No. Or no. if it does happen, it'll happen for it... about three matches. And then the defensive <laughs> coach will go, well, right, lads, all this week, we're working on this and it'll be sorted by Saturday. As I said, usually it means exactly, your wingers yeah. dropping, then pushing up again. Simple as that. But anyway... Yeah. Hokie dog, that is the news, everybody. Mm. Thank you very much for listening to the news. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice. So you can choose life with benefits, style with benefits, sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at lifestylesports.com. Well, weekend we'll talk about now. Mm. What did you pick up from the weekend, Robbie? What have you got to offer the listeners? So there was one thing I really learned this weekend, mm. uh, which is that I've been in Dublin over the weekend. Uh, I've been away in the island. And I normally, I normally don't drink much. I normally never drink when watching rugby. But there's been something of when in Rome and happening to meet yes. people and whatever. Um, that's made me realize that there's a lot of people who seem to think that what I say is insightful or intelligent or whatever about rugby. And I've come to realize it isn't because I am. It's just because I'm normally sober when I'm watching it. So there's a lot of matches I've watched. And I then had to go back and watch the highlights today because I didn't necessarily feel like I took a lot of it in. Because you were a little bit squiffy. Yes, Squiffy Squidge, as you could say. There's a, <laughs> there's a name. Um, but yeah, so I felt like I, I really learned something there, uh, but more about myself than necessarily about rugby. So if you want to keep doing um, this for a living, stay off the sauce is what you've learned. That's this week. it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, I have still, I've still been, you know, professional. I've been back over. I've rewatched things, um, and I think it, it was a, it was a, it was a fun weekend. I think the European Cup's been good this year. Not necessarily in a. It's been the closer I've come each weekend. It's been on to remembering how good the World Cup was, or rather, not being being distracted from thinking about how good the World Cup was. 
Yes, I know what you mean. These, um, um, I think it took a little while to get going, probably inevitably, given because yeah. you were literally World Cup finished when there was a week, then you were into European rugby. Yeah, yeah. So it took a little while and it felt a little bit like, ooh, but yeah, it did. I quite enjoyed this weekend. I mean, some of the games were a bit like, fucking hell. The Glasgow game, I was like, do you know, defence matter anymore? They don't even care. <laughs> That's it. It was Is it like truth in politics. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> Haven't given up. Both teams lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was so, I watched that game in a pub um, and the first two minutes played, you know, Tommy Seymour scores a minute in. Uh, great try. And then the moment the conversion's taken, the pub changes over to the Connaught game because Irish interest. Ireland, yes. Yeah, exactly. So I ended up watching that again and just watching the highlights of that game and just checking the score on my phone. I figured like this is this will be the better game, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one to ask. I'm not gonna be the one to say anything. Um no, but it seemed like thirty one all is one of those games you instantly know that was a great game by glancing at it. Yes. The way you see the thing is you never know. Games like that, you see a score like that and you think, right, that was either wonderful or it was high farce. See, I think 31-all is the edge of that. Right. It, by 33-all, by 33-all, you're starting to <laughs> wonder. Those, that's, that's the Rubicon. It's a high farce. The number yeah. 32 is the Rubicon. It's 31.7 <laughs> is the cutoff point. I've analysed this because I do this. I have a lot of time to do this stuff now. I've got a lot of time to do this. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, there was an element of high fast, man, but I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about the island, what I learned this weekend is that Stuart, Stuart um, McCosker. Why can't I think of his name? McCluskey. Thank you. Stuart yeah. McCluskey. McCosker. That's a different one altogether. McCluskey has not helped his international chances at all with his butchering of a gigantic overlap. Of about a yeah. four on two. So that was going to put Andy Farrell off. However, what I do think Andy Farrell might like is I did notice this weekend that I've, that I've noticed before. Look at a video of Andy Farrell when he played and look at Stuart McCluskey mm-hmm. running. It's exactly the same. Is it? They have a very similar size and yeah. they have a very, very similar style of running. Right. Now I'm going to go out there on record I... and say Andy Farrell was probably 75% a better rugby player, minimum, than Stuart McCluskey. Yeah. Because he, he's really... better than most people I saw play rugby. However, <laughs> yeah, he re- remarkably runs like him. But yeah, there and is something would about... would have had half the haircuts that Stuart McCloskey's had. True. No, there was no... Well, did you never... I read about Andy Farrell once that he does. He only has one haircut. He used to... Back then, he, used to, he, yeah. he lets his hair all grow out. Okay. Then shaves it all off. Yeah, that, yeah. That's why it was always yeah. growing over his ears and stuff and not much shape. Then he yeah. just shaved it all off again because he hasn't got time for that shit. There's no man buns. No, none of that. Imagine Andy Farrell with a man bun. I can't. No, that was. I, be, I began. So the reason to say why he doesn't that. go back to Wigan now is because they've infiltrated his hometown and he's not having it. But uh, yeah, so uh, there is something about how um, he. I've often wondered why he never quite made the leap. He, he's not been on great form for the past two years. Before that, he was, and he never quite made it. Not really into. Um, Joe Smith's thinking, and it's when you see little moments like that, yeah. as good a player as he starts to think, does that happen a bit too much? Is there just something, that top extra, because it is a 5-10% thing yeah. isn't it, at that level. Is that what it is? And because he's one of these players you'll see, there'll be a clip of him on Twitter throwing a great pass or throwing an offload or, or whatever. Carry. And you oh, think, yeah. oh, clearly yeah. he can do it. You know, like he's learned or he's picked that up or he, he just, he's got the skill set. And then out of nowhere or when he's given a chance like that, he is blowing it. He's not throwing a pass when there's four yeah. men outside him. 
And again, he's you know he's a good player, but it starts yeah. to make you yeah, realise yeah. why he's probably not shifting Robbie Henshaw out of a twelve shirt, yeah. or he's you know, and so on and so forth. So, uh, so there you go. So that's anything else from you? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm avoiding using the O word. I'm avoiding getting into it. <laughs> well, Josh is not here, um, so please, exactly, you know, exactly. open so op- I'm just taking open up the... your engine and let the throttle go. Yeah. <laughs> because. Okay, shall I? Oh, fine. Um, I kind of had this written down for shit, but the the worst thing about this Ospreys thing kind of came from that weekend that I was really pleased with that as a result. And actually... That you were within seven points. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I didn't expect the Ospreys to get a point, never mind two, out of this European campaign. (laughs) And beforehand, I remember thinking, if if we concede less than maybe... 250 points over the course of the six games. I'll be happy with that. And I had an existential crisis moment at half time when I went to the Saracens game away. Um, and I remember at half time thinking, actually, I'm quite happy with this. We're, you know, it's only like 28 nil. <laughs> and, and then having a moment of realizing what I just thought. And like three years ago, we were top of the Pro 14. And this is like, well, no, we're top of the Pro 12. And yes. now. 14 and there were only 12 teams back then and we've managed to drop like they've added two extra places you, just so we've actually gone to them. minus two in the ranking yeah. in, in two exactly. years yeah and i had like almost an existential crisis there and it's then it stayed with me every now and again that the worst thing about this is that i was happy to be within seven and you know as i say it was they lost at home to a team with a second string side out with 14 men for 75 minutes and the Ospreys had pretty much the strongest team out. It's only really Tipperick missing mm. and a fly half. Um, but other than that, you know, um, it was... It... <laughs> There's absolutely As... zero shape to what they do. In attack it's... in particular, yeah. it's it's remarkable. It's like they have never trained. Yeah. Like, I've, I've played against touch teams who have better shape than the Ospreys do. And they're full-time professionals... Like, this is what they do for a living. Like, what are they doing in training? What are they, as I, as well, I mentioned, this is one of the bits I did for Scrum 5, but there's absolutely no shape. And you just have players standing in the middle of nowhere. And every now and again, someone gravitates into standing together in a group. But it's because they remember doing that for Wales or they remember doing that back when they had a coach. <laughs> and there's just, there's absolutely nothing happening. And like, I, I, I talked to a Leicester fan a couple of weeks ago who was saying, you know, we're rubbish, we're useless, da 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 but having watched Leicester, at least they're playing rugby. You know, at least hmm. they look like they're training. There's something like a plan for phases, things like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And I forget, when I played 13 rugby then in Cardiff, there was a guy called our, our outside half, Dave O'Shea, would turn up three minutes before the game kicked off with a 1980 sports bag over his shoulder. He would get change. He'd go, all right, lads, he'd get change. He'd make a few calls on the pitch. And then within probably... 90 to 180 seconds of the game finishing, he was dressed with his sports bag over his shoulder and he'd go, all right, lads, I'll see you. And he'd be off. <laughs> and we had a similar shape to the way the Ospreys seem to be performing this this year with the legend that was Dave O'Shea at, at 10, hey. having who does not train and does not communicate in any real way. I like and respect that enormously. Uh, when I was in about under-16s, had, we had Freddie Tualangi turn up to take a training session once. Um, and he'd been mistaken that we weren't some like 
just awful Nottingham under 16s team, like local team of we were we'd lost every game that season, whatever. He thought we were the Nottingham Rugby Academy. Um, there'd been some <laughs> error in communication there, and he turned up and saw all of us massively unfit, and just beasted us on training and fitness for a full like it was supposed to be an hour's training, and he kept us for two and a half hours, and just did fitness. And we had both of our props pulled their ankle like three minutes in, and just sat on the sideline watching the entire time. As he also made me hold a tackle bag for him. He picked me out as the smallest player and made me hold the tackle bag so that he could demonstrate just how big he was, which he didn't need to because he's massive. No, we're the good old boys. Oh, well, <laughs> he's like a drink. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the um, what else we got from the weekend? Um, I played badminton for a while okay, to a reasonable standard. Mm. Okay. And by that, I mean sort of junior county level. And... There was a lad I used to play against who had the most awful technique you've ever seen. Yeah. But it kept coming back. Yeah. The shuttlecock kept coming back to the point at which you got frustrated and did something stupid. Yeah. Benetton Treviso are that lad that I used to play yeah. rugby, that I used to play badminton against. I have worked out. <laughs> because and which is not to say that they're a bad rugby team but if you look at that Saints game it was like nothing about this suggests that you should not be about 37 points behind and yet you're going in at half time up yeah badminton Treviso <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I didn't think of that one very good but you know what I mean there is yeah. something about them that made and is it because they're better than people think and somehow they're doing something that makes people frustrated or is it simply because Saints couldn't pull it together enough. I don't know. Because they something... were even like they were even really ballsing up. Jaden Hayward had a fucking nightmare at fullback oh, and was yeah. making terrible decisions. And yet still they went in half time up. It was yeah. a really bizarre game. Because Treviso, they're quite good at keeping hold of the ball when they get it. And sometimes that's just enough. If you're good at just having the ball, that is A, frustrating, and B, means you're more likely to score. Um, <laughs> and that's when you look at that Leinster game, uh, last year that they drew the 22 all game and it was their final try was something like 39 phases and basically about the last five are essentially perfect but everything leading into that was just them i say just boshing up forwards and not really doing anything but because as you say it's like it's like the ball kept coming back or the, the shuttle ball kept coming back <laughs> that you're kind of going actually this is working even say, that it, interception it was like there's no way Benvenuti's moving with any pace whatsoever there. No. Hang on, how's nobody catching him? He's like <laughs> loping across the ground, like a sort of slow motion giraffe. And somehow nobody is somehow nobody's catching because obviously he's a pacey lad. He plays fucking outside yeah. centre professionally, of course he is. Stroke wing. And uh, it's like, but yeah, they're just they're There's really hard to figure out. Quality, isn't there? There's like uh I'm I'm looking at one thing, but I feel like I'm looking at another. Yeah, is he running in bullet s- time? I can't understand what's <laughs> going on. Why is he Keanu Reeves now? <laughs> yeah, no, I I really like them pretty much for that reason. But as I say, there's something endearing about a team that keeps scrapping despite not looking like they should. Yes, you can fuck off with your aesthetics. This is this yeah. is what we do. There is yeah. more than one way to win a rugby game, which is why we love it. It's a bit like Russia in the World Cup, similarly. Like, I know they didn't win anything, they didn't stay in touch, but there was something about just how ugly they were that was endearing. 
Yeah, there is. And again, I like, and that's one of the great levels about a lot of team sports, really. If you just really want to put yourself about and piss everybody off, you can really do a job, can't you? And it's, it's, it's even better of... to go across to football. It's even better in mm. football because in football, you can't control possessions much. So you can, as long as you just keep throwing yourself at the ball, the ball yes. shoots off in all different directions in football, doesn't it? That's yeah. why shit teams can really frustrate somebody who's good. Yeah. Rugby's a bit harder because you can literally put two hands on the ball and control possession a bit more. But even so, the, the, the point still stands. But that was like the thing that it was my brother's phrase about that Russia Island game was Russia played like a year 11 who'd nicked a year seven's ball. And they were just like <laughs> kicking the level off it. And they were just, they weren't kicking tactically. They were kicking to really wind Island up. They were kicking on the school that. canteen roof. Exactly. Don't get it in the hedge. Yeah. Yes. They had to get Joe Schmidt down to go and fetch it himself. <laughs> yes. Because you weren't allowed to leave the school grounds. You had to go and <laughs> yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else for you for the weekend? Um, so I went to the Leinster Lyon game, uh, which is my first time at the RDS. What was it like seeing it up close? Was it like seeing a sort of Ferrari powered by Tyrannosaurus Rex piss or something? Oh, yeah. It's it's remarkable. And like there was uh, one of their sort of their lovely passing movements happened right in front of my eyes because I was sat, you know, north stand, like right down the front. Mm. And it was like right in front of me. And it's so genuinely impressive to watch people doing that. Did you see? It's like when I went to the Twickenham Sevens, and it's so much more impressive to see a Fijian throw that offload in front of you. Mm. In a way, when you see it on the TV, when you, most of the Sevens you see is just a throwaway clip. You know, you see yeah, on Twitter, yeah. and you go like, "I've read the caption saying this is an amazing pass." So you're kind of tempered by that, and it was like that watching Leinster. It was like the equivalent of a Fijian offload, but as a team. And <laughs> Eighty it, minutes in every aspect yeah. of what they're doing. Yes. It. How were the hedges? Were they were they lush? Oh yeah! Oh, 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 oh gosh! I really wanted to kick a ball in there so Joe Schmidt could retrieve it. Um, but it, yeah, the the stadium's slightly weird. I don't know if you've ever been to the RDS. I haven't. Uh, no, no, no. My cousin's invited me to go there, but I've never been over there when it kind of coincides. Right. So yeah, yeah. No, it was my first time because it is a it show is... jumping place and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, the, that's why it's the showground. You know. Yeah, it is. And so you've got, you know, the, the track and you've got everything up, even though everything now is Leinster Rugby because that is where the money's coming in. Um, but once you get inside, it's lovely and it looks like a proper modern ground. But there's bits on the outside where just the brickwork hasn't been updated in 30 years mm. and it sort of feels slightly odd. And then you get inside and it's the home of the best team in Europe. And as I say, like watching them up close is kind of really impressive. Um, Leo the Lion is a character. Um, he is, he, he literally just ate a young boy's head. That was good. Uh, he put his full mouth over a boy's head. It looked like he was swallowing. It looked like they were just, just biting chunks out of them. Um, he launched himself at a young lady on the front row. Um, he's a character. He's a, he's a, I had a thought as I was watching him throw himself about and just, just be this guy that, if he ever wore anything other than his Leinster shirt, he would dress just like Mike Bubbins. <laughs> or be arrested. One of the two things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe he really doubles down. I went to Warrington Wigan in the Rugby League uh, last okay. year. And Wolfie, yeah. the Warrington mascot, he's a bit of an handful. Okay. He, uh, he, um, he walked in front of all the Wigan fans at their end and pretended to poo a Wigan, like little Wigan mascot, soft toy yeah. out of his Nothing. shorts nice. and then stood there with, with his hand to his ear while they all <laughs> threw V's and F'd and Jeff'd and launched plastic cups at him. 
that's what I'm here for. That's why I want more mascots. Yeah, that was it. a very rugby league moment because it's very impolite <laughs> rugby league when it gets going. It is just like it is impolite when they when they want to go. Um, Watching the opposition mascot shit in front of the fans. <laughs> Very and then throwing plastic moment. pots half yeah. full of lager at him, and everyone fit, and that was all absolutely fine and part yeah. of the laugh. Yeah, I love that the the mascot there in that case for the league is there for the adult fans. He's yes. not there to the he's <laughs> yes. there to wind up the opposition adults. And if the kids don't like it, they're going to grow up quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Family shmamly. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah. So what were we talking about? Oh yeah, talk about the oh, RDS. Yeah. Connick's ground. You know the story about yeah. the ownership of their ground? I feel like I do. Remind me. In that it is owned by, well, it used to be, it, it was owned by the Dog Board. Yes. Because it's a greyhound yeah. track. And it's owned by the Dog Board. And that's a government agency. There's a government agency or whatever or a, that, that runs greyhound racing in <laughs> In Ireland, and they couldn't do all. The, they, they've got permission to do all the updates now, but it took ages to get it through because they're like, "Well, I was just going to work with the ground racing." Like, oh, okay. I was just, that, I was just, yeah. gonna, I was just going to work when you know John and Tomo want to come down on yeah. a Friday to do a bit of betting on the greyhounds. Yeah. So, oh, Adia Loken doesn't count as a greyhound just because he's thick. Yes. So yeah, so it's yeah, it's, you got to love that, haven't you? I love those yeah. kind of anachronisms that suddenly pop up every now and again. Yeah, and it's it's multi-purpose in a way like the Liberty Stadium isn't really. You're watching the same thing. I like that. I hmm. I like when a ground clearly has been designed for something else and they're shoehorning rugby in. Yeah. Right, moving on quickly. Yeah. Uh, last thing to me, Montpellier are proof that there must have been something more to Nigel Ray than just money. Because <laughs> Montpellier yeah. are a very clear definition and demonstration that it, it's it's only money doesn't get you very far. Well, haven't you seen all the signage? It was Saracens' culture and their spirit. Oh, true. And their Humility. Everything. Yeah, haven't you listened to Stephen Jones? Oh. It was... <laughs> Unfortunately, I have, yeah. yes. Okay, no, sorry. I, I realised I shouldn't have brought it. I regretted that the moment I said his name, the moment I invoked his spirit, because he will turn up and start spouting awards. Uh, you... I'm here, yeah. Um, have you got anything else on the weekend? That you uh, that's, a, that's, about, that's about it for the weekend. That's about, you know, Leinster hugely impressive and rassing a lot of fun. And yeah, we'll cover some bit more in shit good as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, speaking of Saracens, we were having a joke last mm. week. There was going to be a big fire sale on at Saracens at a big yeah. car boot sale. So, listener Joe Heron, hello, Joe, mm. decided to write to me to give me some lyrics to say, Do you fancy doing this as a song? And I said, Well, yeah, okay. So, he's given me lyrics to, and I'll have to just get my guitar. He's given me okay. lyrics to. Everything must go. Okay. By the Manic Street Preachers. Yeah. In relation to Saracens. Um, however, I've had to drop it clearly about five tones because <laughs> I only Dolphins and James Dean Bradfield sing in that key. <laughs> so I will do my best now to to honour this as best I can with my guitar. Um, here we go. Everything must go. Shed some players to stay within The salary cap no more cheating Freed from the ways of rape 
We tarnished our history, history. And I just hope that you can forgive us. Cause everyone must go. It's a mess of our own creation. And everything must go. I look to the future, it makes me cry. Cause if we're not careful, we'll be playing filed. Riches to penury with nothing but enemies and memories. And I just hope that you can forgive us. But everyone must go. Stephen Jones shouts discrimination. And everything must go. Caught out eventually. And everyone's happy, happy. And I just hope that you can forgive us. Cause Vooney prop must go. <laughs> and if you need an explanation, nation, then everything must go. Except Owen Farrell's tackle technique. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for sending that in. I hope you all enjoyed that. Very good. Very good. Um, of course, now Saracens are eating up that 35-point reduction. And soon enough, uh, they're going to be off the bottom. And they're going to do enough to send away the Tigers to the championship. Yes. Which is enough of Manic Street. Pre there you are. I made two Tiger puns <laughs> in an hour. This is why we have you on the show, Robbie. <laughs> nobody, because quite literally, nobody else is going to do it. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a shame Argentina weren't playing this weekend, so I can't make Puma ones as well. Uh, yes, and uh, and of course, uh, Rombis. We haven't mentioned him yet. Have oh, we? Have we not got him I do love him, and I will not say his name because that is the most common complaint I get. What do you say it wrong, or you say it too much? I say it too. I say too much of it. Too much. <laughs> Um, I covered the Uruguay Fiji game for the Guardian yes. at like yeah. half five in the morning. I was tired and like very emotional because it was yeah. so early. I was sleep deprived. I was pacing back and forth in a hotel room in Gotemba because um, there was no bars nearby showing it. So I was just in my hotel room, very stressed and trying to watch it on a slightly dodgy connection on my laptop. It was great. Didn't Robbie's come off the bench in that game? He did, and yeah. basically splintered everything in his path. Yeah. And then he was kind of yeah. terrible for the. He started the next yeah. game. It was terrible, but it was yeah, like because he, he literally just expended all of his greatness in that forty minutes that he had <laughs> against that he had against Fiji. It was, I'd watched him playing one of your guys' previous games that summer, and they had you know a South American commentator, and I'd never heard of him before. And suddenly, every time this guy touched the ball, and I, this guy I'd never heard of, he looked a bit like a boulder. Yeah. Um, the commentator was really rolling the R every time. And I just I Rhombus. So, <laughs> I was so enamored by him that I just fell slightly in love there and then. 
and became just mildly obsessed every time I saw Uruguay afterwards and saw him. A great man. Right, <laughs> so let's move on to shit good. Hmm. Shit, do it shit first, yes. Harry Malander's guile when in open pasture. I can't work out if it's good or shit. His, yeah. his little jittering, like when you're in the garden pretending to beat somebody. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's back there with his dad on the patio watching him. Yes. Look, Dad, look <laughs> at me sidestep. Look at this step yeah. of dummy, Dad. And, uh, yeah. It was the most bizarre. I literally burst out laughing when I saw it because there was nobody anywhere. It's like, who do you think you're fooling with this, by the way? What are you trying to achieve? So he did that and then just put his head down and walked into the defensive line as it came towards <laughs> him. It was, the, it was really the most. Good to see him back, though. It's been a hell of a year and a yeah. half for him, yeah. hasn't it? And he did score, so I should stop you know, yeah. taking the piss quite so much. <laughs> but he needs to phone his dad. Phone your dad, Harry. Yeah, let him know. Let him know. We need more content. Um, it's like that thing some players do where they'll step one way, then they'll step back to where they were, thinking that's going to beat the man when actually they've just run straight back into them. And I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but it happened. Um, <laughs> what have you got to shit? Shit, I mean, Osprey, standing item. Standing they, item they've, now, yeah. They've yeah, kind yeah. of become like the anti-Leinster in that no matter who you put in the team, they're shit. They're, the, so. they're this Dragons, this year's Dragons. Dragons was a standing <laughs> item for a very long time. Yeah. And now it's Ospreys, yeah. They've they've slid even further down than because at least, as I said, the Dragons had some sort of shape. It was an embarrassing shape, but it was a shape. <laughs> John Hughes has got in touch. He said, shit is the stage of the oh, record. Whoa, 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 John Hughes, from beyond the grave. From beyond the he's... grave, he said, I'm going to make a new film <laughs> with loads of questionable sexual politics in. Yeah. Um, anyway. With a really annoying protagonist. <laughs> yes. He ended up having drug problems after I'm finished with them. So anyway, <laughs> shit... Can I finish now? So yep. John oh, Hughes sorry. says, shit, sorry. the state of the recreational pigsty that Bath call a rugby ground. Controversial yeah. view, this may be. Like something out of the 70s, I wouldn't be surprised if the toilets are a lovely avocado colour. You get mixed reviews, don't you, about Bath? Because it is a nice mm. backdrop and all that, but it is a field with some like scaffolding in at the end of the day, yeah. isn't it? It's old school, is it the is. phrase you always go to. Which it's can the, either the be charming or infuriating, yeah. I suppose, on one, or one level. proper rugby ground is the phrase everyone always says about it. Yeah, that's true. Not, Pro- it's nice, not I like it. It's a proper rugby ground. Yeah. You said that about foot, proper football ground, this. What you mean is it stinks of piss everywhere. That's what <laughs> exactly, you mean. Exactly, yeah. Everything is that avocado. The men's toilet is a wall to piss against. As in, yeah. been a lot of... Uh... What, uh, any more shits from you before I keep going on the Twitter? Um, I mean, I've I've put down Louis V. Samet just because I think if I'm hyperbolic about him being awful will hit a level of like sensible <laughs> between the, the hype you know it'll just it'll yeah. balance out so From i've got to be really thinking, really negative about system it system yeah. theory if you basically counteract it you might find he's just a normal winger again yeah exactly because he's 18 and he's playing very well he is but he won't he's... play this well forever i.e might be shipped in a month so everyone just calm <laughs> yeah. down yeah and we just we we just need to be sensible about it you know we need to not get too carried away I think the the thing with Mark, it's it's got a stench of Marcus Smith about it, hasn't it? Yeah. And the thing with Marcus Smith, where everyone kind of went, well, he is amazing, but everyone, but he look at him, he's small, and he looks about eleven. So you know, in yeah. the end, this is not going to be the thing, don't you? But it's enjoyable while it lasts. Whereas with with Reece Samet, it is like, but he's massive. Yeah. Even though he's baby faced, he's massive as well. So actually, yes, this could be it. This could be absolutely what we're looking for. I like, no, just apply your Marcus Smith logic. Ignore the size thing. Just say, yeah. everyone, calm down. And I think because he's playing on the wing as well, and he's really quick, which is easy to latch on to. There's yeah. there's so many 
all of the little things that get people hyped up, he's got. You know, so he's got the being stupidly quick, which people get yeah. obsessed with. If they see a young player stupidly quick, he gets. He runs nice angles and times them very well. Yeah. For an 18 year old, that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. And, you know, because people were used to seeing him do one thing really well, the moment he throws that offload to Willie Hines, he becomes a complete player. People say, well, he's got all of it. He's, <laughs> yes. He can do everything because he's done a second thing. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Um, Peter says, shit is the arse-scrapingly abysmal performance of the Welsh regions in Europe this week. He said, but yeah. good is that you've replaced one disenfranchised Ospreys fan with another disenfranchised Ospreys fan for me to listen to. <laughs> that is all Ospreys What's fan. also shit, Peter, is you made me say disenfranchised Ospreys fan twice in one sentence, <laughs> and I struggled. I really struggled, so not There's fair. A twist for you. Like supporting the Ospreys. Yes. Um, I've also got, just on shit, uh, just on behalf of the guy sat behind me in the RDS who would have won 500 quid if it was given, Josh van der Fleer's try being disallowed. <laughs> was he very so vocal he was, about how much money he, he'd lost? Yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of him screaming for the first half when van der Fleer was in support of, just give it, just give it. And then he starts screaming, out, just 500 quid, and up and down, jumping and everything. And then the TV screen cuts to a shot of James Lowe. Uh, because he gave the assist, he gave the forward pass. And he was like, wait, was it James Lowe? Was I wrong? And it was, he saw the replay, he was like, no, it was Van der Flitt. And then he gets disallowed. There's a whole roller coaster of emotion of him working through it. It was it was, it was, was upsetting to be nearby. That's good shit. Patricia gets in touch. She says, shit, he's not been able to enjoy Rossing's porno rugby because I was too busy having my heart broken by said porno rugby. Defeated, she's a monster fan, isn't she? Patricia, yes. Mm. But seriously, though, that pass and that finish. I know. I love a river wren, right? For a mm. number of because I have an unreasonable and stupid liking for people who have Basque names. Yes. I automatically yeah. like them more. I've started following Imanol Aranoriki on Instagram. Okay. okay. And he just basically wanders around taking pictures of steak and wine and occasionally <laughs> being in all. the street with other people. And it's like, okay. I like you, Imanol. And you've got a Basque yes. name. So this is all good. He sounds worth following. He sounds worth looking up. Yes. So no, yeah, so I, I like him because he's got a Basque name. And then when he starts doing that shit, then, yes. you know. I mean, I've, I've got this in good, but just, I love Teddy Ribbon. Uh But both generally and for that pass, because I kind of, to me, he feels a bit like if you took TJ Perinara and mm. told him to do his best impression of a French scrum off and just really commit to it. <laughs> That yes, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an immensely talented player, but he feels like he's he's sort of try. And like my favorite thing about that pass is that there's a moment where he's got the ball in two hands and he looks like he's going to throw a normal pass. He then thinks, no, and he just throws that ridiculous out the back pass instead. When it would have been easier to just throw it normally, and he had a chance to, he was he didn't have to throw it like that, but he chose to because he wanted to. It's the perfect cocktail, isn't it? When a really talented person in whichever kind of sport, I suppose, really, yeah. does something where you go, I wouldn't have never have thought of doing that ever. Yes. And you did it fucking amazingly. Yeah. That's the yeah. real kind of like, you know, the sweet spot in watching sports, isn't it? And when you go, oh, this is why, I, this is why I've spent so long watching so many terrible games at times. It's because this <laughs> happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, just as you're beginning to fade out slightly of the game, that happens. Yes. I I love that, and as I love how mad it was as well. 
Um, Anna gets in touch. She says, shit is Cardiff fucking blues again. She says, also mm. shit is the crushing reality that no matter how bad, how gashed the regions are now, it will get so much worse once the Six Nations starts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Well, it will for all. Well, actually, Ospreys' no. nationals coming back made no difference. So it probably won't be any different yeah. for Ospreys, but maybe it will for the others, yes. Well, I think in a way, though, it did make a difference in that just... Tipperick and Alan Wynne Jones' first games back are basically the two games where we've got losing bonus points. And then True. it's continued yes. from there to just get to go back to being as immediately as bad. Like there's a brief bump in which the team are within seven points being terrible and then go back to being 40, 50 points away from being ter- terrible. Mm. So it will get worse. Um, and there's a tweet Josh made a couple of weeks ago that the Ospreys' next winnable game is probably Zebra home, uh, which is like 150 days away. Um and realistically, it's only that, and at a real push, the Dragons on Judgment Day that are winnable this season because it is the next games are Munster, Ulster, and Leinster. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, Speaking of games <laughs> in Italy, um, or, or games at times, I I did. You, you've heard of, of you know those voucher things? You can the, the voucher, I think it's called. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not sponsored by these, but me and my wife did this thing where you pay a hundred quid each. Mm. And you go into a draw for an holiday and you're guaranteed right. like a weekend away with flights and an hotel for hundred quid. Okay. Oh, fuck okay. It. Let's do it. Yeah. And and like the big prize was New York or fucking Bali or Vegas. However, <laughs> right. what we got, which is fine, we got Venice, which is great. Okay. And we're flying into of course, because it's a Ryanair flight, so we're flying into we're not flying into Venice, of course, we're flying into Gdansk or somewhere. But it's uh, the uh, but actually no, we're flying to Benetton flying into Treviso on the twenty ninth okay. of Feb. So, of course, right. the first thing I do is quickly start looking at fixtures. <laughs> Treviso are playing Ulster at home on the Ooh. 29th of February. So I just say, so, you know, how will it go down if I say, you know, this weekend we come to Venice, can we stay in Treviso for the first day so I can watch? <laughs> I think the answer's going to be no. I'm talking myself out of it as I'm just, saying it out loud. So, Is there literally anything else to do in Treviso? Is there anything you can... I wouldn't. Well, yeah, there is. What you can do in Treviso is get the bus to Venice. Right. I imagine. Yeah, that's for what you can do. So uh, it's like for a long time, the number one tourist spot in Derby on TripAdvisor was the train station, which meant the most fun (laughs) thing to do in Derby was to leave Derby. Yeah, I think it's probably something like that. Yeah. I went to Pisa a couple of years ago, and obviously (laughs) you've got the Leaning Tower and the beautiful cathedral, but the rest of the tower is really quite awful. Right. Generally quite an awful yeah. town <laughs> so, um, anyway sorry i sidetracked <laughs> what else have we got here then uh stuart pavick gets into it he said shit is poit for ignoring the laws around elbows to the head and even shit is austin healy whinging about the ref austin you know what i can recognize the value of austin healy right honestly i can because mm. he does mm. genuinely spot things yeah that makes you go oh you know so he's he's quite clearly good at his job and i don't want to go what I can't stand, and maybe that's not just him, is the banter. Yeah. That they're kind of piss-taking out of each other that they do, which is so forced and awful. Yeah, well, you're short, aren't you, Austin? Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. It's the same punchlines <laughs> over and over again. It's like, we got it. I, I know he's short. Like I've, I, Even if I didn't hear yeah. it myself, because I'm short, Yeah, I would have heard this one a thousand yeah. times. Good pass by James Grayson there. Better than his dad, Paul, of course, he was in the stage. <laughs> oh, oh, how amusing yes. you are. 
I, 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 I feel like I can't go much further because I do now do that for a living and I'm going to run out soon. <laughs> oh, there's only so true. many puns on the word rock. When you're a person who tries to be funny about rugby, which I do yeah. try to, whether I succeed or not, I'll let you guys decide. Yeah. But I do try to, but you do think sometimes, how many jokes can there be? I know. How many jokes can there be about being overweight? How many jokes can there be about running the wrong line? How many jokes can there be about being oh, bad at kicking? It's by the time I made my Sam Warburton video, which is only like my fifth or sixth video, I'd run out of puns on the word turnover. So I ended up Googling it and discovering there was a Japanese album called Turnover that I'd never heard of. Um, and I and it would never be funny because nobody gets the reference. Yeah, Exactly. But that's literally the only thing left that I hadn't mentioned. And I'd run out of that so quickly. As I say, it, it becomes a harder and harder job as you go, as I'm sure you're used to after, well, uh, how many ever episodes it is. 177th episode this is. Well, actually, that's, yeah. we've got more episodes than that. This is the only ones that are numbered because we do some bonuses. Yeah. We're actually over 200, I think, in actual published yeah. episodes. Anyway, Chris Morris for leader gets in touch and said, shit, is Benetton tragically losing a game they definitely could have won against a misfiring Saints side? Yes, I go back, Chris, mm. to my, you know, they're like the lad I play badminton against. The shuttlecock <laughs> just keeps coming back. Yeah. Did he ever win? That lad, um, I think he probably did. I think I, I, I'm sure I remember having a bad day one day, and I just get I got so upset I kept hitting. I wasn't the most consistently brilliant player myself. I was always there was always a good chance I'd hit it out. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. You know, I wasn't exactly Morton Frost for all you badminton people who know about badminton out there. That's uh, I wasn't Rudy Hartono. Nice stuff this is, but uh, um. Yeah, anyway, moving on. T. Borg gets in touch and said, shit, is Danny Kerr refusing to acknowledge that his lid is gone and he now looks like Ray Reardon? <laughs> However, he is good, the fact he looks like Jim Robinson from Neighbours. I'd say he looks more like Paul Robinson from Neighbours. I would throw that to you, Robbie, but I imagine you've got no idea I, who these people I, are. I know Kylie Minogue was in Neighbours <laughs> and that is the limit of my knowledge. Uh, and Danny Kerr does not look like Kylie Minogue, much as he may wish he does. No, same height, probably. <laughs> Whoa, Austin Healy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whoa. Cheap jokes about people's funny. height. You, you end up there, don't you? Yeah, you it's do. so easy to slip there. But at, at least Danny Kerr's pulling it off. You know, at least he's getting away with it in a way not many men do. You know, like just look at Luke Price as a, the poor soul. In um, so many ways, bless him. I know, bless him. I do he's generally 20- feel sorry for him. He's yeah. been he's been asked to do a job that he's he, he his coach is asking him to do a job he's not really capable of doing, which is yeah. being a professional rugby player at the top level. And this is it, yeah, that's exactly it. That I've sometimes you look at a player and you say, oh, they're shit, they're rubbish, they're whatever. And like I don't think they're at Luke Price. I just think he's kind of overpromoted. Like he's yeah. a Welsh Prem level player who's playing up to the standard, and it's not that he's bad. He's just playing above his level. And I don't think he's a bad player. I just think he isn't a player for this standard. And it's really sad to see him have played more than five games. And I say, I feel sorry for him more than I feel frustrated he's in the team or anything. As Do you remember that he... episode of The Apprentice? Where it's always on the worst apprentice, worst moments of The Apprentice clips. Mm. That woman who, who invited everyone to kick off their shoes when she did a presentation. Yes! Yes, I do You know, you see they're going... And you're like going, oh, oh, mate, oh, no, yeah. sort of thing. And, and you, there is a little bit of that. And it's almost in a way like you're obviously really thinking you're doing something that they're going to respond to here. Yeah. And the, they're not. No. Oh, and I, you get that kind of feeling with them. It's like, I don't, I, I can't dislike you or anything. It's just, it's clearly really hard work for you. And yeah. I just, please just put your boots back on. And step and away like, from the flip chart, Luke. You he know. is genuinely doing his best. He's doing it to the best of his ability. Mm. 
and it's just it's a real and i don't know shape. how you actually genuinely don't know how you marshal an attack that has no shape no exactly and is, yeah. is he like, went to put the shape on it but yeah. if he doesn't know what to does he not call enough is that anyway we could go on forever about yeah, this there's, but... exactly there's it's a really unfortunate situation and it's unfortunate he's caught in the middle of it Hugo Gordon gets in touch. He says that shit is Stephen Jones's increasingly unhinged reaction to the Saracen stuff. He's dug himself a trench there and he's not oh, climbing out of it. No, no, he is, as Josh said, full Japanese soldier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He still thinks the war is being fought. Yeah. Phil Roberts, he said it was in good, but I'm linking it here. Phil Roberts said in good, someone tweeting Stephen Jones, Saracens aren't going to shag you, mate, after another desperate <laughs> attempt of saving face over his nonsense <laughs> statements about their financial shithousing. Yes. Let it go. Let it go. She left. She went. Yes. And there is his thing this week as well. This fits as shit or an outright lie, I suppose. Him saying he's only ever blocked nine people. That's incredible. Which, yeah. I, don't, I think I, he's drunk most of the time. I, that would not surprise I me. I generally don't think he's very well. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I know. Yeah. I I hadn't thought about that, but I think you might be right. Um, Ian McGill gets in touch. And the last one from Tish, he says, shit. We had loads on Twitter. It's because you're a squid. You yeah. It meant more people because so, you've got a lot of followers now. More sorry, we had loads. I couldn't use all of them, so sorry. But Ian McGill gets in touch. He says, shit, is it Stuart Hogg, despite achieving the greatest crossbar challenge in human history, wasn't even <laughs> gifted at least a Mitsubishi Shogun for the feet? <laughs> yes. See, another reason why footballers get it right. Or get it, you know, get an easy bloody ride. Yeah. <laughs> it was an incredible shot, though. It was... I loved how far it came back off the crossbar. I loved that it almost, like, crossed back over the 22. <laughs> That was how far it ricocheted back over. And I love that it was the kind of Hail Mary nature of it. It was like the last minute of every episode of Friday Night Lights. It was like the last yeah. 10 seconds as everyone exactly, watched it sail yeah. over their head with the, with the, with the music Slow playing. motion, yeah. yeah. And it's so it's the cliffhanger. You can yes. almost end there. That's just the end of season the two. Ah, man, yeah. I've got six months to wait till the next one. Yeah. Did it go over? <laughs> Did it not go over? Yeah. Anything, right. any last shit from you before we move on to the uh, goods? That's, that's all the shit i have right good wise I, what else i did i did as a mascot in front of a load of other rugby league fans <laughs> good i've got the blind side for benetton lazaroni okay who did an absolutely wonderful into out around niavoro now i know that it's niavoro yes. so you're grading on a scale here right but even so he got the ball he went in he went out he went round him and then he, he did a lovely sort of chip and chase up the line and he, and he was like, and he's a big, bruising, bald-looking, proper blindside-looking lad. Yeah. Interesting to see. I don't know if he's in the Italy squad. Have they named that squad yet? I don't know. How old is he? I don't know. Because he's, I've, he's not somebody who's front of mind in no. in, in the rug. You know, Zani's pretty much solidly in the second row forever now, isn't he? So maybe well, he's a yeah, seemingly actually forever because he is about forty-two <laughs> now. He is basically the Italian Mumra. Yeah, <laughs> that he might be too old a reference for you as well. No, no, no. I'm with. It. I've I've spent a lot of time on the internet uh, for better <laughs> or worse. Uh, yeah, no, I I I enjoyed that. I think there's a lot of um, that sentence wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, Marco Lazzaroni is 24 okay. years old. Okay, he's six foot three and over 18 stones in weight. Okay, I like him okay. a lot. Yeah, he's... <laughs> it's a small exposure. He was at Breve and didn't play there. He's been at Benetton. He's right. 53 appearances for Benetton. That's where okay. he's been since he was a kid, it looks like. Okay. Good man yourself, Lazzaroni. Those... Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, I'm very willing to be a fan of him. Yes. Um, just like I mean, he was kind of the 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 head of my good book, Teddy Reborn, who I've talked about a bit, but I I kind of love him, and I then forget about him when I'm not watching him, and mm. every time Rassing come on and he's playing, I fall in love all over again, and then kind of forget him by the following weekend, and then love him again when when Rassing play again and I watch that again. I think he's fantastic. Is he in the um, French squad that was named? He's this not. Week of, he's not. Which has at least eleven toddlers and three embryos yeah. in it. They've gone oh, so I, young. This could go in good, but I love the fly halves they've gone with. Um, I love. The, they've gone with Jalabert, haven't they? He's he's, yeah. he's he's glued his leg back together, <laughs> and they've gone properly. I mean, oh, the, the so flashes young. he had in a French French shirt, and actually this season as well. God, he's some talent, that lad. If he yeah. can if he can hold himself together. Well, no, he's he's probably still made a soft cartilage. He's so young. <laughs> that's um, true. The Steven so... Gerrard problem just kept getting injured until <laughs> he was twenty six because he was still growing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but their options are him, their Roman Untermack, and their Louis Carbonell, who I love. <laughs> who you know, like if anyone remembers, most famous for in that Junior World Cup final, <laughs> lining up a conversion, dummying, taking it, pointing and laughing at the England forwards. Oh, that was him, over. wasn't it? Yes, that's him. That's <laughs> he's in the senior French squad now. I'm so excited to see him play international rugby because by the next World Cup, he could be the most hated man in world rugby. And I'm so ready for that. But yes, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you've got to hope with Edwards and Galtier in charge that yeah. this can do something. But we've been here so many times before. But I, I'm, I'm excited. If nothing else, I'm excited to watch all of their tens go ape shit. Yes. Which is really, if that's not what Rugby Union is about, I don't <laughs> know what it is. I don't know why we're even watching if it's not for the Ab- French tends to go absolutely apeshit. <laughs> uh, speaking of apeshit as well, Teddy Thomas finish, that yes. just incredible scoop, down pressure. Well, do you remember when he was amazing about three years ago and then yeah. he faded away while they went after... Well, he was in play- well, well, when, well, because Johan Uge was still stinking up the place generally. Um, in, 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 the, in that, he's a good player, but just an, an awful, awful bastard. But he, um, yeah. so he was still in there. And obviously, Penno's kind of nailed on that wing now, isn't he? Despite not playing yeah. for his club. So, yeah, he's I think he's got to get another spot. look. And obviously, you got, and yeah. they've, they've not named Racker in the squad, have they? No. Is Thomas in no, the squad? Is he actually in the squad, yeah. Tenley? Yeah, Thomas? he is. Yeah, he is, right, he's yeah. back in. Yeah, yeah. So, they can complete that mad shit back line. Um, yes. I, I think he's pretty, he's a pretty phenomenal finisher. And he's, it's another example of him scoring a try he, no one has any right to. It's like you look at those two tries he scored in the Six Nations back wing was phenomenal. Yeah, it was like, what are you doing? Yes. It yeah, was absolutely exactly. nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's like he was basically given a hospital pass and he scored. And then here, as it, the ball is basically out and he's basically out as well. And he somehow scoops it back and grounds it in one movement. It's amazing. And I made a very loud involuntary noise. So their backline could be DuPont, Jalabert, well, any one of those three. Yeah. Yeah. Vakatawa. Yeah, you can put Untermac in the centre. Yeah. Yeah, he put Untermac, Untermac in the centre. We could still have Fiku in there, fucking everything Fiku, for yeah. everybody. Uh, you've got Arthur Vincent, who was very good for the under-20s last year. He's in the squad as well. Ramos at fullback. Ramos at fullback. Oof. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Imagine I, that I, coming at you from all angles, by the way. <laughs> I can, and I do, <laughs> most evenings. Um... 
But that's what's good here. Elaine Jones gets in touch. She says, good is the look on Alan Wynne Jones's face picked up by the ref cam when he was getting told off for his handbags with George Cruz. Less a look of, I'm taking his feedback on board, sir. More of a look of, stop fucking talking to me, you fucking peasant. <laughs> she attached the image for my reference. Thank you, Elaine. Yes, it was a kind of, yes. I don't know who you think you are, pal, but do you not know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Very Alan Wynne. Um, there's another good from that wrestling game was Finn Russell went for like a basically four meter cross field grubber um, when he had it, it, a mispass would have done it. But instead he goes for a grubber for basically no reason that bounces like basically completely horizontally into the guy's hand. It was fantastic and completely. Pointless. Why did you do that thing? Because I hadn't done yeah. one yet. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I've wanted to do this for ages. Yeah. Right, just let me do one. I have a very clear checklist in every game that I have to complete. So that was. <laughs> it is. It's like one of those be a pro modes. He's got a list of things he has to do, but it's all <laughs> yes, mad shit. Yes. It's not run 64 meters with the ball. It's yeah. try a pointless grubber. Yeah, rainbow kick the ball over your head. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Back heel. Feed Me Crumble gets in touch and says, good, we Mike Adamson get into referee another top-level game and doing really well. Fair enough. Hamish Allen gets in touch and says, good, was Glasgow fans singing Are You Clancy in Disguise to Roman Poit? I'm here all day for that, to borrow your phrase. Um, Alex Bullock gets in touch as good as that Gloucester have gone three games on the bounce without conceding a try. I hadn't noticed that. Wow. But that is okay. very that... un-Gloucester. Yeah. I can't wait to find out how they're going to lose a game from a position of not conceding a try because it's surely going to come at some point. Oh, it's going to only be they could penalties. achieve that. Yes. Yeah. They will lose 25 nil. Yeah. <laughs> The first All team to concede 100 penalty 24 goals. 24-0 even, because I can't do maths, it would seem. Yeah, um, I wouldn't have questioned it. <laughs> Sean Kerwin gets in touch and says, he says that good is testing of the Leinster-Tron 3000 is progressing well. Only mm. minor programming adjustments are required. Yes. We had well, a bigger, we had a, I, can't, I think it was Sean who wrote to us last week, because we mm. had a big discussion last week about how do Leinster keep producing these people. Yeah. And I think it was Sean who wrote so it was somebody, if it wasn't if it was you, Sean, and if it, if it wasn't you, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, um, who said that affected three Red Kings, the great um yeah. monster blogger and podcaster and tweeter, did a big piece on it in one of his Patreons about how effectively the Leinster private school yeah. network are effectively got people on a, a pro athlete programme from the age of thirteen yeah. for rugby. Yeah. So they're coming out at sort of seventeen, eighteen as kind of almost wholly created. It's like that. And They've got the Irish equivalent of that factory in South Africa that produces those second rowers for South Africa. They've you got say that. factory, I say dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, it's incredible. As you say, they get them to a basically professional standard by 13, 14. And you hear those stories about Joe yeah. Schmidt going to watch Jordan Lama when he was 14. And yeah, I mean, that can't be all it, but it's got something to do with it, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, they then know when to drop them in, and they know to drop them in in amongst big players rather than just dropping them all I mean, in at Leon once. Leon are no mugs, are they? Leon are no, no mugs. They're not a mug of a team at all. No. And they no, were made I... to look fucking stupid. Yeah. and Because like, there were passages just either side of half-time where they looked genuinely good and they were causing problems. And that's kind of become the Leinster thing, is they they get ahead, and then they give you a sniff of hope, then they rip it away and embarrass you. The rope-a-dope. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and actually, I had him good as well. Um, Ethan Demoyer, uh, d- yeah, Demoyer. I haven't. I've realised. Have, have, have a minute and go. Uh, yeah, 
the the 13 for Lyon, um, who I thought was defensively very good. It was when he got Simbin that things opened up. And I just thought he closed Lenser down as well as anyone will because no one can. And I thought he was great. (laughs) Uh, What we got here is good. Ken Seaton gets in touch. He says the best pass, the best goal by Rassing. Yes. Mm. And that, and he's mentioned the uh, Wonderkind, and he mentioned the cross kick from Finn Russell. Ken mentioned that yeah. as well. John Horan gets to, he said, "Good speaking of racing, is a La Defense Arena. I know it's not everyone's mm. cup of tea, and I wouldn't want Thome and Park, Thome and Park to be like it, but it's a fun place to go, and I like what they're trying to do there. Oh, I like it. I, I, I like the 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 lose your mind arena, the the mad yes. zone. It looks so much fun." And I like the fact yeah. that when players score, they throw up images of them in suits looking suave on yeah. the huge it's either like a, side of the ground. The Cafe Disco Dome. Yeah. It's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's mad. But yeah. I like the way they've gone. Well, we're never going to fill a full stadium because so we don't need all four sides. So yeah. what can we do? I do like this kind of out-of-the-box stuff. And it's different as well. And I like not all rugby grounds looking like one of the same three environments. I like but, that they're yeah. not a pallet swap of another ground. Yes. It looks mad and different. It's and not I all with like 3D printed from the same program. You exactly, know, Which is what yeah. they all tend to look like, don't they? Was it the different yeah. badge on? Uh, Small Man Peaky gets in touch. He said, not sure whether it's good or shit, but the real tear-jerking moment that Rob Burrows, Rob Burrow ran onto the pitch of the Leeds versus Bradford game. Don't even follow League, but his story is heartbreaking. Don't disagree. Are you aware of Rob Burrow, yeah. Robbie? Yeah, no, I've, I've seen he's, stuff on... He's, yeah. He's probably the, one of the players I admire the most in that he's, again, going back to the small thing. He is hmm. so small. It is staggering how small he is, especially in the company that he keeps among professional rugby right. league players. And a combination of his talent and the fact that he's got the heart the size of a wardrobe basically meant that he was just such an incredible player. And the pace of him, Seeing him mm. grab a ball from a standing start and go will never not be something that doesn't make you go fucking hell. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he's got MND now, the poor, little, yeah. poor fucker. So, um, but yeah, wonderful that the games come out. Any game comes out to sport. And it's, it is as much as the you know, hashtag humble and all that stuff. But actually, this is when the best of the sports we the sport we follow comes out, isn't it? Whether it be league or yeah. union, actually. Yeah. When this kind of shit happens. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got any more good? Um, I've got one of on a very different change of note, uh, but Chris Vassaro, who had a moment at the end where he was dragged into touch, he then, in the last play, he then gets up and begins to gesture to the referee to check the TMO, mm. then realises he can't do it, so changes that into like him throwing his shoulders out in just protest and disappointment. And he's just trying to style out this thing. Yes. as he reali- You can see him realise, no, I can't ask him to go to the TMO midway through doing the shape of the TO shape. <laughs> so you tried to style it out with some kind of dance yeah. move or expressive sort of emotion. Exactly. It sort of just becomes like a big weird shrug. What would have been great. even funnier was if he then got binned for descent. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he protested too much in trying to get out of the other thing he was trying to do. <laughs> if only. If, if only. only. That brings us to the end. Robbie, thank you for stepping mm. into the breach. Well, thank you for having me. Josh um, is away again next week, so I'm, I've got another. I've got another um, special guest coming on, so mm-hmm. uh, um, we'll see what happens with that next week. And uh, that's it from us. So thank you very much, Robbie. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak you. to you all soon. Take care. Bye. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening. 
the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 